Do you want to start a podcast? I know I did, and you're listening to it thanks to the help of Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's totally free and has everything you need in a podcast in one place. You can record, edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and distribute it to listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Everything you need, all in one place, completely free. What's stopping you? Go get Anchor. Baseball could have forever been changed when they gave a young woman the chance to pitch for a minor league team. And she had the opportunity to go against two of the greatest hitters of all time and struck them out, only to be cut shortly after and never heard from again. Jackie Mitchell learned how to pitch from one of the greatest pitchers of all time. So was she the real deal? Or was this all just a sideshow to sell tickets during the Great Depression? Let's go into the time machine and find out. Welcome to the Sports Moments Podcast where every sports moment deserves its replay. I'm your host, Ethan Reese, your sports historian and giant goofball, which best describes this show, sports history and goofballness thrown in there. This is not a Dateline-only facts podcast. I will joke around, tell the most factually accurate story I can, but have a good time doing it. So now let's sit back and jump into the sports time machine. Jackie Mitchell was born August 29th, 1913 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And she was a smooth at Tennessee whiskey. That was no one said, I don't know. I don't know if she was smooth or not. Every time I think I didn't see, that's what goes on. So, she was born to Virene Mitchell and Dr. Joseph Mitchell. And as soon as she learned to walk, what did Daddy do? Of course, let's go take her down to the baseball field and teach her the basics of the game. So, they would go out to the baseball diamond and she, he would teach her the basics of the game. And by grace of God. Her neighbor was Dazzy Vance. You may not know Dazzy Vance. It's not a very common name. So if you heard it, you know it. If you're going to be named Dazzy, sounds like Jazzy, get those jazz hands out. But Dazzy was a prolific pitcher and known for his drop ball, or a sinker as we might know it today. And if you don't know Dazzy, he was one of the greatest pitchers of all time, but he had a short window where he was great. Only pitched 11 seasons, and he still 
78th on the all-time strikeout list, just to kind of give you that window. And he didn't even start pitching in the majors till in his 30s. 31 when he really started. He had a couple stints, couple pitching outings when his 20s, but he didn't really start till the 30s. And he became a three-time MVP. And in 1924, 25% of the batters that struck out that year were struck out by him. He was known as like the, the strikeout king. His strikeout percentages, he had like over a year, he has the top three. The top five, he's in the top five four times for the, the best strikeout percentages of all time. The only other pitcher in the top five is Pedro Martinez. And he has the top three. Dazzy does. So this was a great, great pitcher. And this kind of shows you he, that he pitched later in life and got all these. It's because of his breaking pitches. You don't know a lot of baseball players, as they get older, lose a little bit because a lot of them focus on power, speed, and that is a fleeting thing. You can only have speed for so long because it wears on your arm. But if you are a breaking ball pitcher, it doesn't wear you down as much. And if you can control it, you can do so much with it. So just remember that because he taught Jackie his sinker pitch. Remember the opening I said, was it her knowing this kind of lesson from Dazzy and being a great pitcher, or was this a sideshow? She learned how to pitch from one of the greatest pitchers of all time, and his signature pitch she knew about. Now, she kept get, Jackie kept getting more and more involved, playing a lot. They had some like women's pickup games. She might sometimes play with the boys, and Mama did not like this because she wanted her to be a lady. Ladies don't play sports. Remember, it's the 30s when this is all, or 20s and 30s when this is all going on. Women didn't have the opportunities they have now, the greatness that they have to go into sports. Back then, you didn't want your daughter to be a tomboy. You didn't want her to play that. You wanted her to be at home, learn to cook, learn to clean, learn to do everything you need to do to, I hate to say it, be a good wife. What does that even mean? A good wife? Not the TV show. Good show, but not the TV show. Uh, like, that was the thing. There are still books in circulation about this. The good wife, the proper wife. I'm using air quotes that you can't see. Quotes, 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 quotes. This is all really, really the era talking. Things were changing. And it could have changed faster if she was given a chance. But 
the era she was in, she really wasn't given the chance. At age 17, she was still playing, and she played for the England Nets, a women's team in Chattanooga. And she went on to attend a baseball training camp in Atlanta. And while she was there, she attracted the attention of a baseball promoter, minor league team owner, Joe Ingle. He was the president and owner of the Chattanooga Lookouts, who was known for doing public stunts, especially during the Great Depression, to boost their team or to boost their attendance. He was known as the B.T. Barnum of minor league baseball. And what that really means is not the greatest showman. This is the greatest show. No, not that. Hugh Jackman was not involved. If you ever look up P.T. Barnum, looks nothing like Hugh Jackman. But back in the day, he would market and do this crazy things to get people to come see what was going on. Even though they, a lot of times they weren't true. Dog Boy was not a dog. The tallest man in the world was not really that tall. He was on stilts. Fattest man in the world was you know, stuffed with pillows. The oldest woman, probably not like 150 or 190 like he said. Probably closer to 80 or 90. All these different little things he did to promote, to really get people to come see his show. Kind of Joe Ingle would do the same thing to get people to come see a baseball game. And during the Great Depression, I get it. You need to do whatever you can to get people in because most of the patrons you have to come to a minor league game, they're working class people and they don't have money. So you have to like really incentivize them to come that they're going to get more than just a baseball game. And Joe was not just a businessman either. He actually played Major League Ball. He wasn't very good. You know, he made it to the majors, had a losing pitching record. He was also a pitcher. So it makes sense that he would notice a good pitcher. But he had a losing record. Wasn't that great. Got sent down from the majors to the minors. And a real interesting thing is when he got sent down, the team was like, you pick who we come up. You are so bad that we don't even care enough about you to have a plan to replace you, but you get to pick your plan. That should let you know that you're done playing baseball. You are that bad. That bad. So he picked a player to come up, and that player was good. And so they offered him a chance to be a scout. Like If you saw this, then... You can be a scout. And they later sent him to run the minor league team, the Chattanooga Lookouts, named after the Lookout Mountains that were nearby. This sounds like a crazy name, and it's a unique name, and a lot of minor league teams have unique names. Like there is the Biscuits, the Nuts, the Wing Nuts, the Beach Bums, the Rubber Duckies, <laughs> the Baby Cakes, 
they all are team names in minor league or like independent league baseball. And honestly, I love these team names. I love that the fact that the minor league teams really go out of their way to be really unique in their names. Like I said, he was the BT Barnum of things. And, you know, before the the Jackie Mitchell thing, he had all the players come out opening day on elephants. He traded a shortstop for a turkey, roasted it, and then served it to a sports writer that had been giving him the bird. That one is a huge stunt and a real screw you people that I I like to see. That's good. That's really good. Yep. And he raffled off houses and automobiles, had singing canaries in the grandstands. Really, he was a pretty good comp- promoter doing these little things. Not on the stage of BT Barnum. But you remember, minor league teams were real small, and they can't do things as big. The elephant thing was huge. That was opening day. So that was like, they went all out for that. Probably lost a lot of money for that. <laughs> he saw Mitchell as an opportunity to draw attention to the lookouts. Makes sense. Like a girl pitcher. And I've seen pictures of her and she's, you know, just your average girl. So she looks kind of small, but again, you don't need to be very big to throw breaking pitches. So he signed her to the team March 25th, 1993. March 25th, 1931. And she appears in her first professional game on April 22nd, becoming only the second woman to play organized baseball for the major leagues. The first, Lizzie Arlington, who also pitched and played second base for Reading Cole Havers. These minor league teams, some of them come and gone. The team names I gave you before are team names that are still playing. And the Lookouts are still playing to this day. It's still in Chattanooga. Still the Chattanooga Lookouts. You can go to a game. Maybe not today. I don't know when you're listening. But sometime you can go. So Lizzie on July 5th, 1898. This was almost... Well over 30 years before Jackie. It's a long time. She was able to pitch in the ninth inning for the Reading Cole Havers against the Allentown Peanuts. These (laughs) are real names. These are minor league teams as well. They were ahead 5-0. She was coming in, you know, saved the game. Ninth inning in the final inning. She entered the game. She allowed two hits and a walk, loading the bases. Their heads must have been like, what did we do? We're going to lose this game off this stunt. If it was a stunt, I don't know. This one seems more legit to me. Okay, she loaded the bases, and then she retired the next three batters. Boom, boom, boom. Saved the victory. Didn't let up a run, anything like that. The crowd was enthusiastic, and this does not sound enthusiastic. They said, they shouted, Good for Lizzie. Good for Lizzie. Were they terrible at chanting back then? That doesn't even... 
I feel like it would just be Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. Not, Good for you. Yay. You're a nice person. I like you. I like you. What? What are you doing? That's not what you should do. This is insane. Why are you sounding, shouting, good for Lizzie, good for Lizzie? Terrible chant. Terrible chant. Luckily, I think fans have gotten better. Even just shouting Liz, even just shouting Lizzie over and over, way better. So she, things were, I looked good, very promising. Other teams threatened to boycott playing them if they allowed her to play. Because they didn't want to lose to a girl. And this is even 30 years before Jackie. There is less women's rights than less that women could do. It makes sense. For the time period that they would think that. Crazy, but even today, if you lose to a girl, whatever sport it is or whatever you're doing, yep, it's like thought of to be even worse. It shouldn't be. Girls can beat you in multiple sports. And at any time, a girl can be better than you. There's nothing that says a girl can't be better than you. There's nothing to see a girl can't beat you. Girls can do anything. I can do anything better than you. They can. It shouldn't be a negative thing to lose to a girl, but that's what it was. This what this is also what makes me think that Jackie really did do what they say she did, and it wasn't just a publicity stunt. So what happened was Jackie's on the team now. The Chattanooga Lookouts. The Chattahoochee and the Chattanoochee. Sorry, Alan Jackson fans. I think of Chattanooga and I think of the Chattahoochee song. For some reason, they're advertising this. And even the Chattanooga Daily Times still has a stereotype. Saying, in my most Great Depression voice, when not in uniform, Jackie dons an apron and joins in household chores. What? What does that matter? It is really doing the narrative that girl, she's still a girl, even though she was kind of a tomboy. She was a, okay, let me just break down who she was. She was a southpaw. She doesn't pitch with speed. And so she did a lot of breaking ball pitches, including that sinker that Dazzy taught her. So came the big day, April 1st. 1931, the New York Yankees were coming down to play the Chattanooga Lookouts. This was an exhibition game. They do this sometimes where their major league team plays their minor league team. And they were coming up from Florida, so they were just hitting their minor league stops as they came up. Tune-up game for the regular season. So Jackie did not start the game. She came in in the first inning as Babe, the great Bambino, came up to bat. Going by history, he probably came as the third batter. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. 
why would she come in just to face these two hitters? So was this a stunt or was this just trying to get her to face these big name guys? Talk about that later. So the great Bambino comes up to the plate. After taking a ball, Ruth swings and misses at the next two pitches. I think that kind of shows you what she was probably doing. She wasn't an overpowering pitcher because she didn't have that power. She was a smaller girl and a lot smaller than the men at that time who pitching, which helps you get a lot more power and speed the bigger you are usually. So she was a breaking ball pitcher. He missed two pitches showing the breaking balls were coming. And then on the fourth pitch, it was a called strike. And Ruth glared and verbally abused the umpire. I think that shows maybe he was trying. I don't know. And I imagine that tirade was pretty vulgar back then. <laughs> they were pretty saucy back in the day. Pretty saucy, you know. Calling them girls dames and stuff. So after Ruth struck out and was led away by his teammates to sit and wait on the bench. Yes, that's how mad he was. He had to be led away. Why would you do that if it was just a stunt. So then, another all-time great legend comes up to the plate, Lou Gehrig. And he swung at the first three pitches and struck out. And Jackie Mitchell finished the inning. That was it. She struck out. The two of the greatest hitters, baseball players, legends in the game, back to back. And that was her career. Later, she was cut by the team. Within the next week. And she continued a few days after the Chattanooga News quoted the story as Babe Ruth was merely acting and describing Ruth as throwing a fit. New York Times said the Babe performed his role ably. He swung at the first two and demanded the umpire inspect the balls just as batters do when utterly baffled by pitch delivery. Now, the author of Joan Jackie Mitchell the girl who loved baseball, John Kovac, said he coached baseball for 35 years. And when you see the box score and it says you struck out, it's not going to put it as an asterisk. You struck out. And the newspapers just said 
quotes after just being a stunt. Garrick had a sense of humor and would go along with Ruth. Both liked Ingle, the owner, the PR, the BT Barnum of minor league baseball. If it were indeed an orchestrated stunt, neither Ruth or Garrick publicly admitted it. Asked about Mitchell's feet over the years, Ingle says, always danced around it. Kovac said. Game's over. The Lookouts lose 14-4 to because they're a minor league team facing the Yankees. Of course, they're going to lose. Fans didn't care that they lost. The Chattanooga Hoochies and their feminine finger was the big story. A few days after Mitchell struck out Ruth and Garrick, the baseball commissioner, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Really? You're going to go by Mountain? Is he like the mountain from Game of Thrones? Just this massive guy that comes out and just destroys everybody? Because he destroyed Jackie Mitchell's baseball career. He voided her contract and declared women were unfit to play baseball as the game was too strenuous. Are you kidding me? A game where you stand around 90% of the time is too strenuous for a girl to play? Come on. Really? Really? Too strenuous. I mean, if someone asked me to go play baseball, my reaction's never like, man, it's just too strenuous. It's going to take too much on me. If they ask me to play football or basketball or soccer or something like that, yeah. I may be like, no, I'm, I'm not in good enough shape for that. No one's ever said I'm not in good enough shape to play baseball. Come on. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Really? Really? What it, what it comes down to is she might actually be good, and we don't want men to lose to girls. And my nickname, The Mountain, is really compensating for something else because I'm not a mountain. I'm more like a valley. If you know what I mean. <laughs> so after this, Mitchell continued to play, you know, barnstorming, as they say, you know, playing in small independent leagues, going here and there, playing with some women leagues, playing with some men. She played with a team called the House of David, which was a team famous for the long beards. Basically, imagine ZZ Top playing baseball, always come up to the play, you know, getting hit by the ball, going, oh, 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 no. <laughs> you just, I'm just imagining ZZ Top coming up there, swinging their, their guitars to hit the ball, because that would work, right? That's that's legal. No. <laughs> but yeah, she would travel with them, and she even wore fake beards to, you know, fit in or like not be known if they were worried about if it was a girl or not. You know, and she she eventually retired in 1937 at the age of 23. 23, and you're done. You accomplished striking out two of the greatest 
hitters of all time, and you just weren't given a chance because you were born a girl. That's crazy. I would have just loved to see what could have happened. Was it her stuff, or was it just a stunt? Could she have kept going and going and going and made something of herself? Could she have been a great pitcher or just made the leagues and been mediocre or just fizzled out? I hate that she just wasn't given the opportunity. We missed that. We missed the opportunity to see what could have happened. And she she was furious that you know her story was being viewed as a sideshow. She was once asked to pitch while riding a donkey. Hee-haw! Why would you ask anyone to do that? That would be so hard. If you know anything about pitching, it's so much about your leg work and everything. And to pitch on top of a donkey, you're not going to have any power. You're not going to have any accuracy. What's the point? She refused to come out of retirement when the All-American Girls Baseball Professional League formed in 1946. I mean, she was only 29 at that point. She wasn't old by any standards. So she could have done this. She could have came out and just destroyed that league. And she didn't, you know, because of like her story around her. And she just, at that point, your life changes. You know, she's been out of baseball for six years. When you've been out of something for that long, you either just wanted to leave it because you hate how it was perceived. You hate how you were perceived, and I get that. And you might just be thinking you're a sideshow if you go into that. Or you just always want to go back to it. And she just was done. Was on to living her life. And if you don't remember, the All-American Girls Professional League was made famous by a league of their own starring Tom Hanks because there's no crying in baseball. Are you crying? Some of the greatest lines that Tom Hanks has ever spoken in from that movie. Very, very funny movie. If you haven't seen it, give it a chance. Factually accurate? Eh. But a fun story, an interesting concept that did happen. Interesting to look into. Now, Major League Baseball would formally ban women from signing contracts in June 21, 1952. So they didn't ban anyone from signing a contract again until 20 years later. But why? Why does it matter if a girl plays or she doesn't? It shouldn't matter. It's not a big deal. It's just a game. It's a game. I think we are all so wired to split men and women for these sports. And sometimes I understand it where like, Men and women are built differently, and so it can be hard to have an equal competitive advantage. I get that. You know, in in basketball, 
the men, you know, closer to seven feet and the women are closer to six feet, that foot advantage in basketball is really important and can really skew things. But does that mean women can, could not play with men? That is not what that means. I think there are plenty of women that could have played in professional basketball but just weren't given the chance. I think there have been plenty of women that could have played in Major League Baseball but just weren't given the chance. Now that ban lasted until 1992 when Kerry Susler was drafted by the Chicago White Sox for the 1993 season. She never made the league, and this was a little bit of nepotism. Her father was the GM for the White Sox. But she was actually a good player at the time, so it wasn't like an impossible thing. So this was a little bit more of a stunt. In 1982, Mitchell was invited to throw out the ceremonial first pitch for the Chattanooga Lugats in their opening season. So they still loved having her. She was a part of them. And Jackie died in in Georgia in 1987. Lived a long life. And she was buried in Chattanooga. You know, she didn't go far from home. She loved baseball. For all accounts, she was always around it. And she left a legacy. And I think the legacy that can be grown. And she actually left much enough of a legacy that they created a musical about her story called Unbelievable, written by EMF, that great band from the 90s, with the song, You're Unbelievable, oh! Unbelievable. They didn't write, no. But it's called Unbelievable. You know, developed by Kevin Fogarty and his wife, DeVore Fogarty, you know, based off the book by Robert DeVore. So, they developed this story back in 2017, not too long ago. Just a small play. Wasn't Broadway or anything. Wasn't huge. But, you know, they did develop a play about her. That's, that's interesting. So, let's get into, was this a stunt or was this real? Pros for stunt. She was brought in at a very odd time. There's no real reason to be brought in in the middle of the first inning unless there's an injury or somebody does something to get thrown out of the game. Pitchers usually pitch, you know, five, seven innings, as long as they're not giving up a whole lot of runs. And based off historical data, Ruth and Garrick would have been roughly the third or fourth hitter that day. So at worst, they could have been down two runs. Could you have pulled them in? Maybe. But would you? No. So... I doubt that. Another thing to make it seem like it's a stunt is Ruth and Garrick 
were friends with Ingo, the B.T. Barnum character. So it's a little shady. And Ruth said this afterwards. I don't know what's going to happen if they begin to let women in baseball. Of course, they will never make good. Why? Because they are too dainty and it would kill them to play ball every day. He didn't think women could play. Now, I think that sways more over to the real. Because why would a guy that thinks women can't play strike out versus a woman? In that day, you wouldn't want to be struck out by a woman. He threw a tirade. Yes, they said he was acting. But honestly, you would want to show that she wasn't a good pitcher. You would want to show women shouldn't be in the game. They can't play. Not that they can't play every day or that they're too dainty or anything like that. That they can't play at all. They're not up to your standards. But he struck out through a fit. Makes me think it was real. Garrick struck out. Never said anything about it. Another thing also to go that it was real. It really was a legit strikeout and everything like that. Was the fact that she was a breaking ball pitcher. And breaking balls can really mess with hitters. If you are a really good breaking ball pitcher, you can strike out so many people because they just aren't expecting it to turn, aren't expecting it to do this. Like, there are still knuckleball pitchers out there that the ball doesn't go more than 70 miles an hour when they pitch, and they can pitch over and over and years and years, and they can perfect it. And guess what? She was taught her breaking ball pitches from one of the greatest pitchers of all time. She wasn't taught by just her dad, who did teach her things, but she learned to pitch from Dazzy. That is the thing that makes me think this was real. She was a real pitcher. She continued to pitch on very manly teams. House of David with those beards going ha, 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 ha. Yeah, she was a legit pitcher. And if she was given the chance, I think she would have actually made it to the league and done at least a little bit, at least made it to the league. That would have been enough to make a stamp. Also, shortly before her death, Mitchell insisted it was legit. Why? She said, Why hell they were trying damn right. Hell bat better hitters than them couldn't hit me. Why should they have been any different? Now, better hitters than them? Maybe not. But maybe she could have played in against some Negro League teams that had really great hitters that have been lost to history. I do think that's possible. She could have been facing great hitters. She faced a lot of hitters. She continued to pitch six years after that. She didn't retire just after that. It makes me doesn't think, why would it be a stunt if she continued to do it? If it was a stunt, she came out of nowhere, did it, 
and then she just went home. That would have been a stunt. This was legit. Jackie Mitchell legit struck out two of the greatest hitters of all time. And I think we should remember that and use it as inspiration. Anyone can do anything that they try for. Thank you for listening to the Sports Moments Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's tale. If you did, please give us a review or five stars or wherever you listen to. It helps us grow our community and help tell more engaging stories. You can follow us at Sports Moments Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We post pictures about stories, what happened today in history, different things like that. Just try to be a good sports overall social media company. We still are a new podcast. We're still growing, still working on a few kinks, still working on our website. So if you would like to contact us with a great topic or your view on any episode we've done, you can email us at sportsmomentspodcast at gmail.com. And as we grow, we're looking for great youth sports charities to donate to because I think it's important to give the youth a chance to learn about sports and gain that love so they can become sports historians as well. So if you have a, a great charity that you are involved in or you think we should help out, please contact us as well. Again, thank you for listening and come back next week for another episode of the Sports Moments Podcast where every sports moment deserves its replay.